on this week's episode. It's a preview of WrestleMania weekend. The postponements for pop culture continues. And is it good to be the Tiger King? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. Well, it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's our own Joe Exotic of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today when he's not taking care of tigers, of course, at popculturecosmos.com. Also, his great show, Topicocalypse. And, of course, you got to read his book, which is available now on Amazon and also Barnes & Noble. That is Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Rawr, rawr. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult to be called Joe Exotic these days. Well, you'd be like on every meme or GIF right now, that's for sure. Yeah, true. But I'm good, man. What's going on? A lot of things, my friends. I know everybody's still stuck at home for the most part, and we want to share our thoughts out there with everybody. Hope everybody out there is staying safe, staying healthy. And as always, our continued thoughts and prayers for everybody out there that is suffering through this ordeal, and also our wholehearted appreciation for everybody out there, all those workers on the front line, all those health workers that take care of us each and every day and taking care of the sick. We truly appreciate everything that you do and everyone else that whether you're in doing delivery out there, whether you're working in retail, whatever you're doing that's essential right now in this crisis, we truly appreciate it. But we've got a great show lined up for you. Not one, but two big interviews on today's show. First off, I've got Brett Allen from the Open Mic Podcast. He's stomping by to talk about the train wreck known as Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. That's the docuseries that's currently on Netflix that is getting everybody in an internet upheaval. I mean, you cannot avoid anything relating to Tiger King. Are they getting into an uproar? Yes, it is the big uproar at this time, pardon the pun. We're going to be talking about that coming up here in a sec. Plus, also as well, on the back end, I've got Alex Autry and Mike Faber of ESO Network. They're going to be previewing with me WrestleMania 36 coming up on the back end of the show. Plus also Josh and I are going to talk real quick about Resident Evil 3 and also Resident Evil Resistance. But first, my friend, just want to go over real quick with you. Sony made some changes. Universal made some changes. Paramount made some changes. First off, Paramount Top Gun has been moved to December Sony with Ghostbusters, Afterlife, Peter Rabbit 2, Morbius, Uncharted. They've all been shuffled. In fact, some of them, like Uncharted, is just completely off the board at this point in time, which, as you and I both know, that's been something that I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm going to ask you that in a sec. But Venom 2 has not been moved as of yet, and that's the only property that I know of at this point in time 
that was coming out this year that they haven't touched. Even on their video game end, they've got The Last of Us 2 and Iron Man VR are both off the schedule now completely. So they've both been postponed. And Universals with Minions 2, Sing 2, and Wicked have also been moved as well. So I want to ask you, my friend, this has all continued to be in flux. These studios are changing things all the time. But with Uncharted, do you think it's ever going to come out? Because now it's been delayed yet again. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if it's gotten put through the ringer for this long that we're not really in any danger of losing it. I'm sure it'll pop back up here eventually. But my question to you would be, you know, we haven't had any mid-year films where the summer box office hopes are quickly being dashed. Can the movie industry last that long, you know, on this break? Because a lot of editors and directors and people who work on the set, people who bring the coffee, everyone is being affected by this. So they're all going to be out of jobs. So it's it's a big question of like, are people going to be coming back to make these films? Or is it going to be a long time before that industry is able to rebuild itself? There will be some semblance of it, I believe. I just don't think it's going to be as it was in, let's say, January or February of this year. I think at some point in time, it will evolve back into that. But maybe we're talking about, what, a three, five, possibly even a 10-year delay before we even see everything back to, quote unquote, normal in the industry. And even by that time, so much of the industry can shift towards streaming that it'll be more geared towards streaming markets. As you said on a previous podcast, that you think this is probably going to kick off something that people are going to be in tune more with, with streaming outlets and start staying away from the theaters and going only for event purposes. So I think at this point in time, it's going to affect the industry really, really badly. I mean, it's already affected it to the point people are talking about five, $600 million worldwide already lost in numbers. And the numbers are just going to get worse and worse. But some of these projects will be adversely affected. Some may be canned, some may be canceled, some may be delayed. Others will go on as planned, but the industry in and of itself will be hurt for a long time to come. Yeah, so I mean, that's just, it makes me wonder, like all these projects are getting pushed off to the side. How long is it going to take for those to be able to ramp up enough, uh, you know, enough people, enough money, enough to get that going again. So I don't think it's a matter of just like, hey, we're shifting this to this time or, hey, we're, we're putting the show on pause and we'll pick it up, you know, after this whole virus thing fades. I, I don't think it's that simple. You know, that's what I keep telling myself the same way. Like, you know, a lot of people see these small businesses going out of business and they're like, when this whole thing's open, they'll reopen again. But they're not like they are going out of business, you know, and it's not going to be a matter of just like. We'll just throw some people back in there, turn the lights back on, and things are going to run smoothly. You know, I feel like it's the same thing with these films. Like, if these ones are getting pushed back. It's not going to be just a matter of like, hey, we'll finish filming this and it'll be out in December. I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot more to that. Like, a lot of these movies will probably get pushed back two or three more times before they're released. I agree with you. And in the case of these smaller projects or projects like Uncharted, which basically is an unproven commodity on the big screen, those projects will probably be pushed back even more. The safe bets like the Marvel movies, the DC movies, the Fast and Furious, those probably won't be affected in the way that those other movies will. Those movies, as soon as it's okay to go ahead and start production again, they'll be allowed to go ahead and do so. It's those smaller projects or those unproven projects which studios beforehand were taking a chance on they may be reluctant to do so with the money being not as 
plentiful in the future, at least in the short-term future for the movie industry. And it could be affecting this industry for some time to come. Yeah, and like I want to get back to what you said too about the, the gaming side of it is that Sony has been oddly quiet on everything. You know, Phil Spencer is still saying, hey, the Xbox is, is due to come out. It might not be the original date, but it will be out for the holiday season. And, you know, he's done a great job of reinforcing that stance. Whereas PlayStation 5, you know, they haven't really said anything. You know, they've given us specs. There's interviews popping up where they are still trying to get the PlayStation 5 out but they might go ahead because of the way things are shaping up right now. They might go ahead and produce a cheaper version of the PlayStation 5 and then redesign it once things become more readily available. And I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like anyone who gets a first gen PS5 is just being promised that they're getting a hunk of garbage. So what is the point? Exactly. It seems like it's cheapening the process and shorting the customers as a whole. If you're just going to give them something that's not going to be fully effective, and if you give them a cheaper version of the PlayStation 5 that won't run the top-end games, once you bring out a better version of it, then why did you bring it out in the first place? Well, it is going to be something we're going to have to keep continually updating you on right here on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. And if you want to check out our Game Source Facebook page, it'll update you on everything going on in the world of video games. Coming up next, we've got Brett Allen from the Open Mic Podcast. He's here to talk some Tiger King, murder, mayhem, and madness. How much of it was murder? How much of the series was mayhem? And was there a whole lot of madness? That's coming up next, right here on the PCC Multiverse. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back once again with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> You'll forgive me for laughing, but this has become one of the greatest meme properties right now on the internet. One of the most well-known controversial subjects, not named coronavirus right now on the internet. And that is the Netflix docuseries entitled Tiger King. Murder. Mayhem and madness is something that everybody is talking about. And I said it best to this person right here on his great show, the Open Mic Podcast. And here with me today to talk about it is Brett Allen. And Brett, just want to thank you so much for being part of the program. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's a stretch to call it a docuseries, to be honest. But Well, technically, you have to categorize it as such. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, it's definitely something, that's for sure. But uh, I, like all of America, we're stuck at home. I literally binged watched it in a day, which is pretty sad for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said on your show, some of the advanced words that were coming out was, you, you know, I think you said it right, a train wreck. I called it a car crash. And as I was talking about it with my co-host, Josh, because he hadn't seen it yet, and it's on his list of things to do and so many things to do while you're staying at home. You know, you're not quarantined, but you kind of are quarantined at this point in time. And it is kind of like a car crash. I mean, you drive by a car crash and you really shouldn't be looking at it, but you, you can't help but look at it. You can't help but watch it. 
And sometimes you as a human being can't help but type of rate it as far as, oh, my gosh, that's a big crash. Oh, my gosh, that looks like it's something really scary. <laughs> or, oh, my gosh, that's just a little fender bender. Why are they tying up so much traffic? You know, you almost have a tendency to rate the type of accidents when you drive by and you're watching it when you shouldn't be really watching it in the first place. And that reminds me a lot of what we're seeing when you sit through all the episodes of the stocky series, Tiger King. And it has to be seen to be believed. I think it's probably the best way you, you can put it. Right. You know, and the interesting thing is, is like those animal preserves are definitely real. We have one similarly here in the Bay Area. It's like a safari type thing and they have all kinds of different animals and they have tigers. I mean, we have Marine World, Six Flags, Discovery Kingdom here. They have tigers and panthers that are in captivity. But I will have to say, I find this thing so interesting. It's I was just mesmerized completely watching it, to be honest with you. Like, I saw it. It showed up in my screen, number one most watched show on Netflix. And I was like, I have to check this out. This was before I even started seeing any of the memes on Facebook. And so I watched it. And I was like, is there more of this? I hope. <laughs> and uh, unbelievable. I think it just, it's something else. You know, I, I don't even know how to put words to it, quite honestly. I agree with you. You have to see it to understand it. The memes are all over Facebook. You know, Carol Baskins and Larry or Joe Exotic, Doc Antio. I mean, it's just unreal how crazy this is. And I think it's rather ironic that they released it at such a time where they knew that everybody literally was going to be stuck at home, caged up, no pun intended, and uh, are stuck watching the show. It's amazing for not exactly all the right reasons. <laughs> uh, you know, let me give everybody out there, if you haven't heard of Tiger King, and you know if you're stuck at home on the internet, you probably know what Tiger King is by now, but... Tiger King basically essentially details and outlines the story of the lives of individuals that take care of a, I want to say like a, a, a tiger preservationist, tiger collector. Basically, yeah. Like so, uh, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And the battle between one faction and another. And it got to the point where the head of one faction led by wannabe governor, wannabe president, wannabe country singer, who didn't actually sing his own country songs, but that's another issue entirely. Nicknamed <laughs> Joe Exotic. Want to, actually, he wanted to be a polygamist, but he actually did that right because he was married to several men. And him being taken to court and sentenced and now serving time for trying to hire a hitman to kill a rival activist who herself has a lot of issues going on, including the fact that the disappearance of her previous husband <laughs> is yeah. now being brought up again by sheriffs that are in that county at this point in time. They're they're actually bringing up that old case again to make sure everything's on the up and up. Allegedly. How crazy is that? <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable, to be honest. The fact that somebody would go to such efforts to go get rid of somebody, I don't know. My personal opinion but I think she's guilty. I don't think you're the only person to say that. <laughs> I know Cardi B is on the bandwagon. So, yeah, it's looking very fishy for everyone that's related to the show. It's or just, I should say tigery at this point. Yeah, like yeah, everybody's a little cagey about this whole thing. 
And I honestly wish there would have been more episodes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the thing too, besides those two in particular, I think all the outliers, the other characters or other people that they interview as well, I find just equally as mesmerizing than the two main folks, Joe and Carol. I think that all of Joe's workers that he hired, I find to be super interesting. All Carol's workers, Doc Antiel, his whole crew. But I think at the end of the day, the thing that is unique about all of this, they're all doing the same thing. Like none of them are doing anything different than what the other is doing. You know what I'm saying? So they're all doing it. However, one of them just thinks that they are doing it better than the other. And had he not put a hit out on her and tried to have her killed, he would probably still be in operation today. But it is something that is very interesting in so many different ways because you see as you go through each episode so many different things attached to it as far as, like I said before, his so-called quote-unquote country music career, his run for governor, his run for president, uh, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, the unfortunate incidents as far as the animals themselves, some of which were suspect as far as the treatment and handling of them. There's some issues there. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal even makes an, uh, a, you know, a, a brief cameo in the actual docuseries and now is saying to everybody he doesn't want anything else to do with this because he doesn't want to be associated with it. He just likes tigers. Well, actually, he went to Louisiana State University. But I want to ask you, I mean, you know, watching through the series, were you first enjoying it? Were you first entranced by it? Or were you just saying to yourself, why am I watching this in the first place? Well, I was intrigued by it, honestly. I, I It seemed interesting. And, you know, given this time that we're in, there's just a lot of time on our hands. So I was mesmerized by it. I, I, I started watching the first episode and I was like, well, let me back up. So there was two things I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch season three of Ozark and I wanted to watch this. And I'm like, well, let me save Ozark. I'll watch this first. I can burn through this really quick. Not to go too far off topic on Ozark, which is a, an amazing show, by the way. So anyway, I was mesmerized. And then I'm kind of like, why am I watching this? I don't understand why I'm watching this. And then before I knew it, it was over. But it's just, I tell you, you know, out of all these type of docuseries that Netflix has done, you know, Making a Murderer, so on and so on, I think this one by far is the most interesting that they have released. And then, of course, towards the end, I'm like, why am I still watching this? This is really It gets dumb. a little muddled at the end, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I agree. It just kind of gets ridiculous, especially when they start getting into the part about the legalities of everything. Yeah, it gets into the court cases and everybody has to testify. And yeah, all that. I thought that was like, I, I could see why they tried to do that. But honestly, in my opinion, it was very sensationalized. You know, I think... There's three sides to every story. I think we got a mix of truth and a mix of these types of shows. I've interviewed a lot of people who are on reality shows and these types of things. And so what you see is not always necessarily sewed together perfectly. There's things that are kind of mixed and matched. But at the end of the day, I think they did a good job of kind of informing did you ever see that fire festival one too that was on Netflix? As yeah, well? the fire festival is good. I will tell you the best docuseries I have seen this year and the best docuseries I've seen in quite some time is McMillions. 
that's on. Well, see, HBO. I haven't seen that yet. We talked about that the last time. Yeah, that is something I think that over its course tells a great narrative. Doesn't get kind of bogged down by its own the weight of its own subject matter, which I think at times Tiger King does. Exactly. Yeah. But McMillions, it's really good overall. It tells a nice even narrative. But then, like you said, with the sensationalism and with all the stuff going on, with all the different eccentricities, all the different characters, because like you said, it's not just about Joe Exotic and the person that he was battling against. It's about all the different characters, all the different husbands, all the different caretakers, all the different sideshow people help building this story. And that's why people are so interested by it, not just because Joe Exotic, it's because of the entire encompassing group as a whole, because everybody seems to have a different story and everybody seems to have a story that people are wanting to take time and investing into. Yeah. And the other part too, that I found just kind of, I don't know, I, I don't want to say boring, but it was just like, okay, was, I can't think of his name. He winds up the one that was like allegedly a millionaire who you know, had the house in Vegas and rented it and then was doing all these other shady things. I, I thought that was a little bit kind of too much. I was like, okay, you know, this guy's been swindled once, twice. Now he's being swindled a third time or so by another alleged investor. And it just, I was like, ugh, okay, this is kind of becoming a bit much. But, you know, I mean, I sat and watched it just like everybody else did. So, <laughs> You know, I, I can't complain too much. But it's yeah, going to be heading to a Hollywood film at some point in time because there's so many stars already fighting to play the role of Joe Exotic from Channing Tatum to Edward Norton to so many others that have been fighting for it at this point in time. Yeah, it, it's definitely got Hollywood written all over it. Oh, yeah, this is going to be as soon as life goes back to normal and we can start doing things. Definitely. This is going to be a blockbuster, a popcorn film, for sure. I mean, there's just too much there to not address it in that way, <laughs> for sure. Well, before we go ahead and get a description of your great show that I have had the honor of being a part of, and that you've had many great Thank guests you. on, the Open Mic Podcast, I want to go ahead and ask you this. The first basic and, and last basic questions, I think, that you need to ask yourself before you watch the show and at the end of the show people going into it or people thinking about watching it. If you're going to go ahead and give a recommendation, are you telling people to go ahead and this is something that you need to watch? I'm telling people, yeah, I think it's something right now because of, like you said, all the time that we have on our hands, it's something to check out, but you do want to take everything with a grain of salt. But I want to hear your thoughts. First off, is this something you're going to go ahead and recommend if somebody's asking you, should they be interested in watching it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely... A time sucker but we have nothing but time on our hands right now so if you have a few hours it's entertaining i wouldn't say not to watch it i wouldn't go into it with like these really super high <laughs> expectations but just enjoy it for what it is it's it's another i mean i will say this netflix has this market cornered monopolized for sure hbo showtime those guys used to be the ones for these types of things and they still do good things too like mcmillions but this, I think, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially at this point in time. And plus, people enjoy those car crash type of shows. They love those type of shows, which are sensationalized. They love those little bits of true crime in there. 
it just seems to hit on all that right knows and uh, you know whether or not you think it's the best docuseries or not so best <laughs> docuseries in the world it is something i think that is a good enough watch i think it's enjoyable enough to get through again the last parts of it are kind of watered down under its own weight but still there are parts of it throughout that are really enjoyable to watch and some of it just makes you say huh so it's something that I think is a, something you have to watch just to say you crossed it off your bucket list. But the last thing I want to ask you is, do you think he actually should be freed, like Cardi B is saying, starting a GoFund account and all that? And I think you asked the last one in regards to his rival, Carol Baskin, about her part in this and her past about whether or not she did it. Do you think that will also come to more fruition? People start looking at backgrounds because we talked about the sheriff's department looking into that aspect again. But do you think all, everyone is guilty when it concerns this cast of characters involved with Tiger King? Well, my friend used to say the police only know what you tell them. Who knows? It's hard to say, quite honestly. I mean, he did commit a crime. You know, they proved that, that he did try to have her killed. As far as her and did she feed her husband to the tigers? I don't know. We just will never know. But I think this will definitely be fodder for people to chew on for a long time. And I don't think it's over for either one of them. I think there is a good chance that he could get released. It's very possible, you know, especially now uh, with everything going on, that could be a heightened sense of urgency. But I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, my friend. We'll see. I'm interested to find out what happens, quite honestly. I'm finding myself researching this and Googling it more and more every single day because it's just so damn entertaining. <laughs> it, it is entertaining. You're so very much right on that. And I think Google says thank you very much because, yes, everybody is trying to find out more about the cast characters of the Tiger King, whether it's Joe Exotic himself, Carol Baskin, whether it's Rich, whether it's Doc, whether it's you know so many different players into this mix that have been thrown in it's just so funny that this whole thing goes on this docuseries again you have to watch it a little bit in tongue-in-cheek but it is something that i think you can't put down once you start watching it and that is a sign of a pretty good docuseries again it is tiger king murder mayhem and madness it is now available on netflix if you get a chance, yes, check it out just so you know what's going on, just so you can understand everything that's going on with all the memes and all the references on the internet and all that. Yes, it is Tiger King and it's something there on Netflix that I think will not soon be forgotten. Nope. But before we head on out, my friend, you've got an awesome show, the Open Mic Podcast. So I want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows exactly what your show is all about and why they should listen to it each time you drop a new episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Well, thank you for the kind words, my friend. Well, my show, we just talk to a lot of interesting people, celebrities, entrepreneurs, influencers, and the Open Mic Podcast, the concept is to get people to come on and talk about things that they may not normally talk about in an interview or that they have not talked about before or something that they are getting ready to release. It's just an opportunity to talk about a lot of different things. I've had some amazing guests and I appreciate you checking it out. The open mic podcast.show and it's available everywhere you listen. That's the open mic podcast starring Brett Allen. You got to go ahead and check it out today. Apple podcast, Spotify, doesn't matter where you get it. It's there for you on all major podcast outlets. Brett, it's been great talking to you, my friend about yeah. 
one of the most out there subjects that we can talk about that's not named coronavirus, and that is Tiger King on Netflix. I cannot thank you for taking the time to watch it, taking the time to talk about it, and taking the time to go ahead and just express your feelings about it right here on the latest episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Go check it out right meow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, my friend. Appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. And coming up next, we've got Alex Autry and Mike Faber of the ESO Network previewing WrestleMania coming up after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Coming soon from Rob McCallum Films, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash, the charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. All right, and we're back with the program once again. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And it's this weekend. It's WrestleMania 36. And in the midst of a pandemic, they are still going ahead and executing and pulling this off, albeit that it's kind of already been taped. But again, it's WrestleMania 36 almost live coming into your living rooms this weekend. And we thought we'd go ahead and get some great guests to come in and talk about it for today's program. I've got, first off, Alex Autry, and also as well, director himself, Mike Faber. They're both of the ESO Network. you got to go ahead and check it out today on ESO Network. Just type in the ESO Network, and it comes right up for you. And guys, just great to have you a part of the show. That's right, brother. It's so good to be here. I'm telling you, we're going to take this wrestling, and we're going to go all the way to the top oh my god yeah i'm i'm not i'm not doing any impressions but i'm i'm honored to be here so sounds good sounds good i'm glad to have both you guys here want to get right into it first off it is wrestlemania 36 over a course of a two-day period of time already been taped i'm sure the results are probably somewhere out on the internet but mike i promised you i would be a good boy so I didn't look at it. So I'm not going to go ahead and bet on it either because I know there's all those places where you can go ahead and bet on the matches, which to me is unfathomable for something that's already been recorded. It sets yourselves up for a lot of money being lost. But you know what? Hey, it's not my money. But I wanted to start with you, Alex. Real quick, let's just do some rundowns. In fact, Mike, you can interject as well. Saturday night, it's going to start off with the Raw Women's Championship match. Quick thoughts on Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Baszler is an absolute monster. Getting the opportunity to see two very, very different styles going up against each other, and both of them who did go up through the developmental, really makes this one a, a unique match. I think it's going to be a torch pass. There's been a lot of speculation online about both Becky and Seth taking time off after this mania. So it would not surprise me to see Shayna Baszler walk in and win the match, like almost immediately, like not make it competitive at all. Like think Brock Lesnar versus John Cena from a few years back. That bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just make it completely one-sided have Becky lose and be eliminated to the point where she's suddenly the new beast and only one person can stop her 
and that's Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. I was hoping that this match would have been the Becky versus Ronda that we were hoping to see anyway, because I don't feel like we got it last year. But no. you got to tell Ronda to get off the streaming couch in order for her to go ahead and start thinking about that possibility, because she also wants to start a family. So, yeah. yeah. But let's go for Saturday Night Continued. That's WWE, the Universal Championship match, which is going to be Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Obviously, a smart move, I think, for Roman Reigns to step out. WWE has not handled it properly, in my opinion. But this is Braun Strowman's opportunity. I think it's going to be a win for Braun Strowman. I think it's finally going to give him the opportunity that he should have had two years ago, maybe, to go ahead and see if he can be something that the company can get behind. Because Goldberg's only there for a short-term, I don't want to say short-term rental, but a short-term process, I think, at this point in time, because of his age and all the stuff else he's doing. Goldberg, for the last 20 years, has been a one-dimensional wrestler. Yeah. And everything. (laughs) He was a monster in WCW. He was one of my favorites. And I think, like you're saying, he's a fill-in from the past. And Braun is the future. Alex, your quick thoughts on Braun versus Goldberg? Goldberg wins it. Really? Goldberg, Goldberg wins it. They want the tough guy passing of the torch to be Goldberg to Reigns. You'll do it at SummerSlam. That's true. That's true. So Just cannot wait for another fantastic title reign from Roman Reigns. Yeah. I'm so excited. Anyways, moving on to the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. You can hear my excitement in that. Guys, they met before. Is this going to be turning out in a different fashion? Because once again, you have someone coming in that obviously has other things that they're working on, i.e. John Cena waiting for the next Fast and Furious movie. But is this something you're going to be interested in watching? Is it going to have another change in outcome than what took place before on a previous WrestleMania? One of the good things about being able to pre-tape Mania, that it doesn't have to be live, means that we can have Hollywood-style wrestling matches. And I think this one and the Undertaker-AJ Styles Boneyard match, both of them scream Hollywood potential. I really do think that they can do something great with this, with multiple camera angles and things of that nature, and maybe give it honestly, almost kind of like a Five Night at Freddy's kind of vibe to it. And I think in the end, simply because it's part-time versus full-time that they can get more out of, The Fiend wins. Agree. Like you said, I agree as well. It's the only thing is because you have to make Bray Wyatt strong because lately, since he's lost his title, he, he really hasn't been much. And Mike, I agree with what Alex was saying. As long as production values are good, Mm-hmm. Because when they're not good, it looks awful for this stuff that they go ahead and really pre-tape and do it way in advance on stuff like this. This year, they have two special matches that they're going for. And I think both of those have the possibility of being fantastic. Like Alex said, Hollywood style, because they had the time to build it, to film it, and to do... To edit what, it. To edit it, exactly. And it doesn't have to be in front of a crowd. They can go... Mm-hmm into a haunted house they could do anything because you have both the undertaker and the fiend both supernatural characters bigger than life and you could have some amazing amazing things and with cena who's probably a little rusty right now but i think working with bray is going to be amazing 
and I think Bray could definitely shine in this one a lot. Fair enough. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. It's interesting that there's no title on the line, seeing how both have been a favored for status for, for quite some time over the years about holding some type of title, but both are currently just feuding amongst themselves. So I want to hear your thoughts about Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Like you said, I think Seth's going to lose because I heard the same thing that him and Becky are looking to take some time off. And I think Kevin needs to get a good push right now. So Monday night, they kept on talking about how Kevin Owens hasn't had his WrestleMania moment. He beat Chris Jericho at 32, but maybe because he's not there anymore, they don't want to talk about it. It's got to be Owens getting the win. Owens has become their new Steve Austin. And if they can get marketing behind him in the same vein, then we could eventually see anti-hero Kevin Owens versus corporate champion Roman Reigns, which would be a big money seller. For this one, yeah, it's, it's pretty clear cut. Owens gets this one. Coming up next is the ladder match, although it's still listed in many sites and many accounts as being the New Day versus the Usos versus John Morris and The Miz. I've also heard reports, which I have a tendency to believe, that because of The Miz getting sick during the course of these tapings, that it was just taped as a one versus one Uso versus John Morris and ladder match. So I want to hear your thoughts either which way that works out whether it was a single match or a tag match that was taped, your thoughts on the match itself. And do you think a ladder match at this point in time in 2020 is going to serve the same type of things that you see on the TLC every year or the ladder matches that have been so historically placed in WrestleMania lore previously? I don't think they have the high flyers like they used to. I think the Usos, yes. And John Morrison, okay. But New Day is involved, no and everything you know i miss the days when you had the hardys and edge and christian and stuff you know i remember those really well and very fondly and i just don't think you have the talent for it right now alex any thoughts on it first of all this match should not be taking place if both champions cannot be there scrap the match put it on something else set something up so that's further down the line give us usos versus new day straight up has to be a winner that sort of thing. Put Morrison on commentary during it. Make him the special guest referee. Something like that. Something that furthers the story, but gives us something better. That said, if it's a singles ladder match and you've got one of the Usos and John Morrison, it's going to be fantastic. Because, honestly, as far as one-on-one ladder matches go, the best one is still Razor versus Sean. And one of those guys was not a high flyer. Good point. That's a very good point. And John Morrison in that type of match could shine, you know, given the opportunity and all of the athletic skills he still has, uh, you know, and he's had for many years. So that's something he, to, to look out for. He could just as easily have two ladders in the ring and do a starship pain off of them. And people will be talking about that like they talked about the edge spear. True. Well, I got three matches left for Saturday that are planned whether or not they come off or whether they add in an Andre the Giant Battle Royal for as far as for the men or the women to get more troops in there, that still remains to be seen or any other matches that they might add last second or that they did tape last second for WrestleMania. What I have left on the card is Elias versus King Corbin. Tell me about it. You're not the only one that's probably groaning out there. 
the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the Women's Tag Team Championship, and Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. So I ask you, on those three matches, obviously Bryan and Zayn stick out. For the same reason we were talking about, I think the same thing would go for as far as the Women's Tag Team Championship match because Kyrie Zayn has recently got married and indicated in her Twitter message out there that she was really looking forward to starting a family. Same thing along the line. So that could be something as far as her out and as far as Kabuki Warriors losing there. I've also heard that possibly she may be going back to New Japan. Her contract's yeah, absolutely. Up. That, that could be a possibility as well. But yeah, her Twitter account, when she got married, she left a long statement about what she wanted for her future. And that could be a po very real possibility as well. Elias versus King Corbin, it's the match I think nobody wants. It could be one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. We like to call that the bathroom break. Yes. So it's the funniest thing. When I heard that match was getting booked, WrestleMania just seems to get some matches sometimes that make you scratch your head. I really think that they want to do a lot with King Corbin. I feel like they want to strap a rocket to him. He gets the job done because the crowd genuinely hates him. That said, last year, Corbin beat Kurt Angle. And if he beats Elias here, we could be seeing the beginning of a new streak. But the last thing before we go ahead for Saturday night is, again, Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. My question to you is, do you think Sami Zayn, after all these injuries, still has it in himself to go ahead and put on a great match, given the time that they would be given? If they get 20 minutes, they're going to put on match of the night. But Sami Zayn has to be allowed to wrestle as Sami Zayn, not as Sami Zayn manager. Exactly. Because Sami is, is a great, great wrestler. <laughs> He's one of the best. And wrestling against someone like Daniel Bryan, who can make anyone look good, is His, going to be awesome. So, I, you know, I think in this case, give them 20 minutes, let them tell the story. And you're going to have a phenomenal match. I also figure you're not going to have a title change. I'd like to see Sami Zayn win the match. Excellent points indeed. Once again, I'm talking to Alex Autry and Mike Faber of the ESO Network. It is your station for all things geek. It is ESONetwork.com. You got to go there and check out all the great shows, including ours, that are going to be available right now for you at just a touch of ESONetwork.com. But guys... We've just been able to run down one night of WrestleMania. There's still one more fantabulous, and I'm creating that new word, night to go for WrestleMania, and that is Sunday night. And we're going to start off with the big match itself. I've already talked about this before with the guys from the heavyweight chumps in regards to Drew McIntyre. And if he is the answer for the WWE, I'm not sold on him, but it is a fresh look, and I think he might pull off the win for the WWE Championship versus Brock Lesnar on Sunday night. If he looks half as good as he looked at the Royal Rumble, I think he's going to take the belt. But basically, I was just going to say, Drew with the WWE doesn't have anything, you know, any kind of like staying power. Does he have the, the ability to fill the stands like someone like Brock? That's what worries me and everything. I think... Drew has the possibility of it. I would love to see someone like Drew be on top for a while and everything in the WWE take a chance on new blood because I hate that the heavyweight champion is only 
wrestling twice a year at the most, three times. You know, that's just ridiculous. The WWE just signed a major deal with a UK television network for their programming, for their pay-per-views, for all of that. Drew is winning this one, and Brock's helping him along. I don't know if anybody saw when they did the thing on Raw where there were three Claymores Mm -hmm. um, to Brock. Brock called the spot for the third one. It wasn't supposed to happen at all. Brock was on the ground, said, hit me with a third, and then pulled up the belt and slowly made his way up. When Brock wants to have a good match, Brock will have an amazing match. Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. And I think Drew McIntyre is going to be the icing on the cake. The question becomes, does the WWE want to go ahead and pull the trigger on it now with no crowd? Or do they want to do it in front of a massive audience? Like a SummerSlam. Like a SummerSlam. So my hope is, fingers crossed, we'll see it happen this weekend. Or last Tuesday when it was taped. Exactly. Mm. Or whatever, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> like you said. But it's looking more and more like Drew McIntyre is going to be the face of the WWE that they're going to be pushing in the short-term future. Whether or not it lasts or whether or not it will work long-term, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, it looks like on paper that Drew McIntyre is going to be the answer, at least for now, this weekend. Boneyard match, and you guys were talking about it earlier as far as something that was set up. And again, production value has got to be the thing for me on this. It's The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Alex, starting off with you. You know, we haven't been told what Boneyard means. Initially, some people were saying that they were going to do a Buried Alive match. And then with the whole coronavirus thing, they were like, yeah, let's pull this back a little bit. A Boneyard is a scrapyard. It's where cars and motorcycles go to rust away. And I like that idea, especially if they're bringing back Biker Taker, which Monday night looks looks like like very much so is happening. So I like the fact that we don't know what a Boneyard match is. And I'm assuming it's going to be an anything goes kind of match in an environment like that. Taker's winning. It's fairly obvious my fear is Michelle McCool shows up and lays down a faith breaker. If it happens, let it be on Carl Anderson. I'll be fine with that. But honestly, I, well, it's not going to happen to to Luke Gallows. You know maybe. who's getting buried even more officially is <laughs> yeah. Gallows and Anderson. Uh, yeah, very buried. much so. Very, very much so. If they lose, your win. If a if huh, when AJ loses. If it's because of something that was caused by the the rest of the the OC. It gives Styles a reason to break away. This is Undertaker at WrestleMania. It's a safe bet that UT is winning. And especially if they're bringing back Biker Taker for it. It only makes sense that they bring back Biker Taker. He's getting too old to be the supernatural thing. I don't know. He's closer to death than being undead. (laughs) But he moves better than he has in years. Yeah, he's definitely taken the last year to, to really get himself into some kind of shape so be interesting to see i I, obviously taker can still go when he wants to and when he when he has to aj is going to be able to carry him in spots where he normally can't go and they're they're both safe with each other so should be phenomenal should be sorry should be a great match and again we have the i the option of 
you know, shooting with different angles, making it look like if it's going to be a, a, a junkyard street fight, give us those crazy angles. Give us those crazy spots. Let's run it down real quickly for the rest of the card. Edge versus Randy Orton. Mike, real quick. Edge, definitely. Alex, think Edge versus Randy Orton? Think it's all going to be about Edge? It's going to be a great match. Orton is fantastic when it comes to the psychology in the match. Edge is going to be able to pull off some great moves. He practiced up leading up to his Royal Rumble appearance with the Revival. So I think that with that going for him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great return for Edge. Oh, yeah. I agree with you on that. There is going to be some type of return for Edge indeed. He wouldn't come back unless it was something otherwise planned for him like yeah. that. SmackDown Women Championship on the line. Bailey versus the world versus Naomi versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina and Sasha Banks. Who's going to come out the victor? I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say Sasha Banks. You know, they're going to try and go ahead and get her a little bit back up to speeds. She was once high up on the card for the women, and I think she's going to be given another push once again. I have to agree completely. I think it's definitely going to be Sasha. That way they're going to set up something for Bailey versus Sasha at SummerSlam. I've got Sasha losing to Bailey, which sets everything up down the road for Bailey versus Sasha because they did not built it up enough to go for it. And Bailey just made the big turn. So I got Bailey winning. And do you make Sasha a face after this? Yes, but you can even slow burn it. There could be a possibility of having Bailey knock Sasha out of the way after Sasha's hit the bank statement and go for the cover and win the match and do a slow burn building up to a heel Bailey versus a face Sasha Banks at SummerSlam. The Raw Tag Team Championship match is going to be the Street Profits versus <clears throat> Angel Garza and Austin Theory, who was added in at the last second. Street Profits should win in this, but the question is now, do you really care? Don't care. Don't care. Love Austin Theory. I've gotten to see him wrestle live on a couple of occasions, once with Southern Honor Wrestling and once with Evolve. The WWE has a knack for causing a title change when there's been a last-minute replacement. But there's really, again, I, I hate to say it, there's no reason for this match. Three more matches left on the card, and we'll go through two more that are really lackluster, in my opinion, that I don't think a lot of people are looking forward to. And that's Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley and Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Again, the pickums. Pick who you want. Alistair Black, I think, out of all of them, is the one that they would probably want to go ahead and market the most, or at least the one that seems to be in favor the most at this point in time. But your thoughts on those real quick, guys? Don't care. Otis versus Dolph has the most potential to be a feel-good moment. They've been building this up since Christmas. And finally to do something where they either have Mandy Rose realize that she's been tricked and gotten screwed out of her moment with Otis, or she straight up turns on Otis and says, yep, nope, I had no interest in you. I have found myself Dolph. They become the new evil couple of wrestling and maybe get moved up and possibly able to challenge someone like Drew and Drew and Dolph have history in the past. The problem is, is that Robert Roode unable to come down from Canada. That's why this became a one-on-one -on -one instead of Dolph and Roode versus heavy machinery. And that's the big problem is 
this whole coronavirus has made things difficult all the way around. Exactly. Um, but those, yeah, I definitely agree with that about it could be the big couple, especially because you don't have Miz and Maurice anymore. Yeah. And NXT it, Championship for the women is also on the line with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte is, in my opinion, normally on the books, you would say, oh yeah, it should be a great win for Charlotte, but this is a chance to get Rhea Ripley the limelight. So do you think Charlotte Flair will do the honors and allow Rhea Ripley to keep that NXT Women's Championship? Yes. No, absolutely. I think you you have an option. It's kind of weird because if Charlotte wins, it establishes NXT as not being the developmental system anymore because she'd be willing to go from Raw to NXT. This is a torch passing. This is the option of making Rhea Ripley, who has been phenomenal for the last two years, to really be given her moment. And the fact that the first time an NXT championship is held at WrestleMania, it's not going to change hands. Well, you could also have some kind of screw job at the end too. So neither lose. Yeah, true. And again, that doesn't count anything else that might've been taped or if there were any Andre the Giant or Battle Royals for the rest of the individuals that are with WWE, who knows? Because there are several individuals that we left out which is amazing in and of itself, but we won't go there on that one. Once again, I'm talking to Mike Faber and also as well, Alex Autry from the ESO Network. Check out their great stuff today at esonetwork.com for all things geek. And who better to talk about the ESO Network than Mike himself. Mike. Thank you for having us on again, Gerald. We do appreciate it, man. Earth Station One is a very proud member of the ESO Network. We have 20 shows and we're about to have our 21st show Back on the network, Dr. Geek's Science Lab is returning to the network after a long hiatus. And we are all things geek. We have shows about pretty much any topic you could think of. And it can be found on ESONetwork.com, but we also could be found on any media player that you could think of. You could even listen to the ESO Network feed on Apple Podcasts, on Google Plus, and all our shows, even Gerald show here on PCC. It's pretty darn awesome. And it's almost like a smorgasbord where you could just pick the shows you want to listen to on demand. And each time it's pretty darn awesome. Once again, I'm talking to Alex Autry and Mike Faber from the ESO network. You got to go ahead and check out anywhere you get podcasts, the ESO network and all the great shows that lie within, or just head over to esonetwork.com for all things geek guys. It's been great having you here. Thanks so much. And we ought to do this again about anything pop culture, pro wrestling, or anything else right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is PCC Multiverse. Want to give a big thank you once again to Brett Allen from the Open Mic Podcast. You got to check out his great show each and every week on every available podcast outlet. And of course, catch Alex Autry and also Mike Faber from the ESO Network. Check out all the great shows for everything geek at esonetwork.com. My friend, 
Before we head on out, I want to go ahead and enlighten everybody out. There's a new game. We were talking about the games coming out, and if it's a great time, you want to go ahead and bring out your games if possible. Capcom made a Resident Evil 3 remake. Do you have any good thoughts about it? Because this remake looks really, really good. Yeah, it looks really, really good, and it looks like they kind of picked up in the same style that the Resident Evil 2 remake had, which was a great game. I don't remember a lot of Resident Evil 3. I just remember the nemesis. I remember him being crazy hard to fight. But yeah, I'm kind of interested in picking it up and kind of seeing what's what with it. Because I, I, I honestly, I don't remember a lot of it. So I don't have like a, a ton of thoughts on it. But I'm excited to play it and it looks great. Are you going to be playing it? I might actually give it a chance because it's something that I know a lot of people are interested in. It brings back some fond memories. But the only thing that's added on to it instead of a new game plus is a multiplayer mode that they're entitling Resident Evil Resistance. And while Resident Evil 3 Remake is getting high scores, the multiplayer portion of it is getting, eh, okay. It's a four by one asymmetrical multiplayer where either the one person controlling the action or you're the four individuals trying to seek out and destroy that one individual, similar to what we saw with Evolve and now is what a growing number of asymmetrical four-by-one multiplayer modes. I want to hear your thoughts. Is this going to be interesting, this part of it for you, or is this something you're just going to go ahead and askew altogether? I am not big into multiplayer games, so that's probably something I will skip out on, but I will be interested in hearing about it and reading about it. Fair enough, because I think everybody that's going to be playing it is probably geared more towards the Resident Evil 3 and digging back into that world of the Resident Evil, because Resident Evil 2, that remake that came out, was such a big hit. It was definitely something that a lot of people were enjoying. So Resident Evil 3 looks very good. The cutscenes look immaculate. They really look like they're on par, and Capcom should be congratulated for making what essentially is an outstanding remake of a classic in Resident Evil 3. So definitely looking forward to that as it comes out this weekend. Resident Evil Resistance is just a nice adding on to it that some may like, some may not like if you're into that. But you know what? Resident Evil 3, if you want to go ahead and give yourself a chilling good time, you can't go wrong with that. What are your thoughts out there on Resident Evil 3 being remade? The cancellations and delays with all the movie studios that we talked about earlier, your thoughts on WrestleMania 36, or your thoughts on Tiger King on Netflix, because we know you've got some out there. Share us your thoughts on that, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, plus also as well, Humanica Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. No, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about on our Monday show. Alex Autry and Mike Faber coming back one more time. We've also got Noah Ian Fine coming on for a few minutes talking about some retro gaming. Got another great show lined up. But any last thoughts on the way out? No, I mean I'm I'm hopeful that Final Fantasy VII will still make the release dates, and you know that people are still playing Animal Crossing. So I'm hoping that people are still enjoying games and getting new content out there. But if you have something in your back catalog that you're playing, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Absolutely, because Noah, you fine. He's going to be stopping by on the show to talk about some of the things he's been playing and a lot of retro going back. So if you get a chance, let us know as well. And also, we're taking the top 10 list for movies. We want to go ahead and do a combined top 100 list. So if you've got a top 10 movie list, Please send us an email, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. 
So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.